Welcome to North Beats from North Beach. I'm your host, Corey Luna, speaking with the people behind electronic music. Last month in May, I called up Orlai Erringer in Switzerland. She and I had a lovely chat over Skype. She discusses the in-depth process of becoming a theremin player and what it takes. It really took me by surprise of how complicated that instrument really is. We also talk about her being pregnant while performing and going on tour, which is lovely, lovely to hear. And she also gets into a little bit on what is it like to be a woman in a more male-dominated music scene and the pros and cons. My audio sounds off from her, her recording, so please bear with it as she has a lovely voice and is able to answer my questions with with the greatest of ease. And a couple of announcements. Check out here in the Bay Area, we've got Resident Frequencies, first Sunday of the month in Oakland. Resident, the second Tuesday of the month over here in San Francisco. And on the third Wednesday of the month, we have Peaked, hosted by myself and my friend Rich Hogben. These are all live electronic music meetups that anyone is allowed to go to. And now let's hear more about Thermal C. Okay. I'm all set on my side. How about yourself? Yeah, it's okay. I think it's all set to, yeah. We'll see then. Okay. okay. <laughs> the result. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Yeah. Great. So, uh, am, I, am I pronouncing your name right, Coralie? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it depends uh, which, which accent you put it on. In French, it's Coralie. English is Coralie, or I don't know, Coco. Okay. Coralie, yeah, it, it's, it's tricky to pronounce in English. Like, it's Coralie. Coralie would be maybe the most... Um, Coralie? Coralie, yeah. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I just want to make sure I get that right before we continue. Yeah. So, uh, Coralie, thank you so much for uh, doing my podcast, North Beats. It's uh, a real pleasure to have you on. Welcome. I'm glad to be um, here. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been, you know, I've, as many people are, I've been following your Instagram account you know, with you playing your theremin. And it's, to me, it's, uh, you're, what you're doing is phenomenal. I really enjoy your, your, the music you make. And I'm really interested to hear a little bit more about how you first got into playing the theremin. Huh. Yeah, it's actually a long story because I found out about the theremin in 1999. I was attending a concert, a rock band, a Japanese rock band called Cornelius. And they used the theremin on stage. <laughs> and I saw that and it was just love at first sight. But uh, it took me a while to figure out what was this instrument, how was it called, and how I could get one. So it wasn't until 2002 or 3-ish or something I got one. My brother bought one, actually, for himself. And then I just told him, okay, can I try it? And I, well, he never saw, see it again. <laughs> I just <laughs> borrowed it and kept it. 
And then I tried on my own to, to, to start to learn to play the theremin, but there wasn't a lot of, uh, I mean, information available on the instrument at the time. I mean, um, so it was a bit complicated. I was really shit and I didn't understand how to tune or how to do anything really. Till I met uh, Pamelia Kirsten in 2006 and she just gave me like a basic lesson and basically more how a theremin work than how to play it because to be able to play it you have to understand how it functions otherwise you just tune wrong all the time and then it's just um from that on it's just learning by doing really and sometimes i'm like really well i'm gonna play every day and sometimes i just leave it outside for for years but since the yeah the four last years i'd say i'm really back into theremin playing full full time <laughs> <laughs> uh what is your first theremin are, are you still using the original that you first got um no i, I bought a moog uh the, the an, an either wave standard just like the, the model everyone has basically um that's when i started and now i use my epro so i changed the model yeah the epro is more linear and um in that way uh easier to play because the space in the air is always the same whereas with the previous instrument it's a bit compressed in the high range or low range so it's a bit harder to to, to play with um so I, I, you know, I've enjoyed theremin a lot, but I've never learned it myself. What's the functions that you learn before you start, before you learn how to play it? Well, I'm curious about. Yeah, the the thing you have to learn first is how to tune the instrument, um, because actually it's not like in any other instrument where you would tune it uh, depending on the sound or uh, a chord or whatever. It's more that you tune the instrument to your body to your own body capacitance. It's actually like you measure the air. So what I do is I do um, a movement with my hand that is always the same. And um, I know that within these movements, uh, I have an octave. So I tune the instrument so that it really corresponds to my movement, to my body and how I do it. And this is something you have to um, to be really precise and aware that it's actually if I tune the instrument and then you want to try my instrument, then it, it won't be the same tuning because your body capacitance is different. You're maybe taller, bigger, I don't know, whatever. So, yeah, you need to adapt to yourself. And this is um, a weird process and because you're not used to it when you play an instrument and also you're not used to to um, being aware of what's surrounding the instrument that can interfere actually with the, with the theremin playing. So you have to be aware of that. And this is the first thing. And then the second thing I would say is to learn how to stand still, <laughs> breathe mm -hmm. <laughs> and relax <laughs> and memorize all this so that you always have the same posture. Because of course, if I move away from my theremin, then my measurements is different. So I have to be aware of where oh. I stand, what's surrounding it, and then being able to reproduce the same elements all the time so that I get my notes in the air where almost where I want them to be. And then I can learn where they are. Otherwise, it's really hard to learn where notes are in the air because you don't 
them in Dutch anything. So yeah, yeah. you have to relate on something, and that's this air measurements. <laughs> air measurements. Wow, that's something I I had no idea about. That's really that's really fantastic. That's actually yeah. Carolina yeah. Ike who developed this technique, and it um, mm -hmm. really makes it uh, easy, way easier than to learn because you have your standard, and then it's easy from that on to 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 learn the different notes. Yeah. Wow. So from learning all this, is did you ever take classes, or are you mostly? Did you learn it under a particular person? Um, it's hard to take classes because, well, it, it requires time. You need to travel to meet good theremin players, so it doesn't um, happen very often. But yeah, I, I took um, one class with Pamelia Kirsten to begin with, and then uh, a few classes with uh, Carolina Eich. Um, but when I say a few classes, it's maybe five or six. And it's like whenever I get the chance to, to meet someone, um, so it's like one every year or two years or something. So in between, it's really wow. learning by doing and by watching. I mean, with internet now, you get so many tutorials and, and, and videos, so it's, it's getting easier. But it's true that to learn the theremin, it requires a bit of, um, I mean duty on your own that you have to to work on your own and to be able to do that i mean yeah wow and and i organize sometimes um every year I organize a theremin festival uh, in lausanne and theremin academy with thierry frankel <clears throat> so uh, we get to meet other theremin players and of course talking about our issues and <laughs> It it really helps a lot, also. Wow! Wow! And how long have you been running that the uh, that meetup? Uh, that meetup started in two thousand nine, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, at the beginning it wasn't every year, and now it's uh, every two years a bigger event with synthesizers also and theremin, and every year a th just a theremin uh, academy. Uh, to meet people and I try to travel as much as I can also to attend other academies in Europe or or Chile or, or wherever I can <laughs> to, wow. to to meet with uh, with people it's it's uh, I think it's really important because you don't get a teacher where you live and you need also I mean Skype lessons it exists but it's not very efficient and uh, reading books or watching videos is okay, but after a while you need to somebody to guide you and show you and, and yeah and discuss with people. Absolutely, that's really fascinating. I, uh, it's, wow. That that's <laughs> something. I'm really glad to hear that there is that's out there. Um, you know, sometimes I get emails from people like, yeah, uh, I'm really annoyed because there's no teacher where I live. I'm like, yeah, of, of course, there's no teacher where you live. I mean, to me, it's <laughs> obvious for the last 10 years, all my vacations or, I mean, you always travel to go and, and meet people. So, of course, I think it, it means that you need to be quite addicted <laughs> to theremin <laughs> or to be, yeah, really into this theremin community thing. It's not obvious for everyone, but for every now theremin player, it's, it's, it's no problem to take a plane to take a lesson. I mean, it's obvious. <laughs> this is how it works. Yeah. <laughs> but it's changing, though, because there are more players. Now it's really growing the theremin community, so it might change. 
at the meetups you do every year, um, how many theremin players are gathering now? Well, it really depends from year to year, but um, I would say uh, it depends if you mean teachers or or people coming to take lessons. Usually people coming to take lessons, we are about 20 or 40, uh, something like that. And then teachers, we are two or three. Um, yeah, it's still... Um, it's not like master class where there are a thousand of people, you know, it's still uh, pretty. So relatively small. Yeah, it's relatively small. And it's um, when I organize this in Switzerland, um, usually most of the people are not Swiss. I mean, there are, of course, a few Swiss people. But what I mean is it's more European people traveling for this event. Okay. Wow. And is that... Do you ever do anything at Superbooth or any of the other conventions for theremin? I've never been to Superbooth yet. Um, Carolina okay. Ike did, but I try to to go to some uh, other synthesizer events. Yeah, around here. I just started because actually, I started to play the theremin kind of a long time ago, if you want. But but uh, the connection with synthesizer is for me still pretty new. It's only three years um, that yeah. I started to work on that. And um, so since that day, I, I try now to go to more things, uh, conventions and um, to show off my work and also to learn more about synthesizer because I'm still a, a new <laughs> to this uh, world. Absolutely. Yeah, um, just uh, coincidentally, last month I went out to uh, uh, Synthplex over in Burbank in LA for the very first one and and, and, and it was a lot of fun, but there was uh, but for that synthesizer convention, there were absolutely no theremin set up at all, which I didn't really expect to find any. But but uh, maybe for next year, maybe that'd be a good thing for them. Yeah, but, uh, I think by it's the way, uh, it, was, it was a very cool thing. thing. There are more and more, I think, theremin, but it is true that there are still not so many theremin players. Um, I mean, good players. I I really enjoy to go to synth conventions because. You get to meet people that are very interested into the theremin. They all know what the instrument is, you know, which is not always the case, depending where you go. Mm -hmm. But most of the people, they don't know how to play it. They know it because it's part of the synthesizer history and because it's a synthesizer, you know. But they've never heard or seen uh, anyone play, really. So mm -hmm. I really enjoyed going into that scene and entering this community it's really cool now with getting into the synthesizer playing are uh tell me a bit a little bit about what uh models you're using like i noticed the i think it was maybe last year or so you started working with a company called wave Liquor that's making euro rack uh modules for to work with a with a theremin is that right yeah that that's right um uh, wave Liquor just changed my life really because i started to um play with a theremin with with synthesizer before getting into euro rack i use a bokla first and um I found it great, but there were some limitations and some things, you know, you want to do, but you don't understand how to do it. And then I got into Eurorack because I thought it would be wider. I mean, you can do so much more things because anytime you think of something, well, you just find for the right module. 
And then suddenly I had this idea of, of triggering things, but um, I had no idea how to do it. And I had uh, also a problem because my EPRO has no gate, so I just needed somebody to build me an external gate so that I can actually use full potential of my modules and synthesizer. And I met this guy from Wavelinger. He just actually started his company at the time. And uh, I talked to him about what I wanted and he was like, yeah, well, it's damn easy to do it. Let's do it. I was like, okay, <laughs> I love to hear that. Let's do it. <laughs> and we worked a bit of uh, uh, together to conceptualize what was needed. And then he just, yeah, he just did the module that I needed for my music. So it is just like a dream wow. coming true, you know, <laughs> when you have somebody who's just <laughs> building a module. And um, so, yeah, with the module he did is actually yeah, an external gate and it allows me to um, have to trigger a gate at different space. Well, in my in my um, theremin playing, I can have um, a different distance and I can have up to three different gates um, at different distance and I can um, set this up, edit and save. So which is really cool and handy for performing. We could have uh, added more gates, but then it's just a matter of uh, being able to use them very efficiently and precisely. Yeah. yeah. So we started with three. We'll see if we <laughs> add some more <laughs> later. <laughs> That's really fascinating. Uh, what are the other two modules that were developed for, uh, for working with Theremin? Uh, at the moment, we are trying to um, develop some other modules uh, to... Um, to make it easier um, to work with sequencer, to transpose a sequence and uh, because it's not always, yeah, I'm not gonna go into too much techniques because I'm myself really bad with techniques. <laughs> I just know musically what okay. works or not, but <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's really um, um, bad. So I need uh, to develop uh, with him another module for this to make the tuning process easier. Because the, the CV on the theremin are today very unstable. And um, some Eurorack modules also, well, it's about being analog, you know, analog, it's, I mean, yeah. it's definition, it's, it's, it's moving, it's, it's live. <laughs> so, which, which is yes. great, but when you want to do a precise melody with a precise tuning, it can be uh, a nightmare especially because you're on stage and it changes while you're playing and you're like, I cannot, you know, it's not like when I'm <laughs> playing the theremin, I cannot tune. I mean, once I started playing it, it's, it's gone. I cannot, like if I pl you play synthesizer, if you're out of tune, you can readapt because you have your hands free to, to, to move your knobs. But myself, I'm, I'm just playing the theremin. So if, if it's fucked up, it's fucked up. And I need to, to finish <laughs> the, the song and try to set it up again. So I try to be very precise during sound check. And, and yeah, we want to create a module that, that it's actually helping with, with this specific um, issues. Uh, so yeah, that's what we are developing at the moment. And we've been working also um, for um, to stabilize the CV um, of the theremin so that we have a converter into CV into MIDI that really works for the theremin. And so that's another project we are working on, but it's, we are still at the beginning on that. <laughs> right, okay. Well, wow. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of what, what you and, and uh, 
with the company Wavelicker puts together, which you know to me it's like I'm I'm still really impressed that you're able to work with a company that is able to create modules to work with the theremin. It's, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great to find somebody who has interest in that, which means that it's a company that has interest in uh, in artists' um, needs and um, more than in to money, <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eurorack is uh, well, it's okay, it's getting bitter. Um, Theremin is also, I mean, you you won't sell hundreds and thousands of modules if you make specific modules for theremin players and Eurorack <laughs> lovers. So, um, yeah, this is really a big chance to find people who are uh, willing to help you um, making your art, actually, or making your music. Because for me, this module changed everything into my playing and, and, and in my way of using the synthesizer. So, which means that if it happened with this module, it can happen with any other modules, maybe, that will also affect my playing. And there's still so much to develop in that area, uh, because so, I mean, there are few theremin players, and there are even fewer people connecting theremin with synthesizer. So, um, it's still a world uh, to discover and to experiment and try things, which is very exciting <laughs> yes now with um with your playing tell me a little bit about the uh the concerts you've played over the over the years the venues i'm curious about uh with playing theremin what what uh events are you more likely to be playing at well it depends there are some theremin conventions uh we that i play in uh, now I play mostly into synthesizer conventions also, and just some basic, um, I mean, rock venues or, you know, any concert hall. Um, but I try to refuse some invitation where I would be, um, where people absolutely don't care for my music. They just want a theremin player, you know, because it's fun to watch. And this, uh, this, this kind of offer I get pretty often for, you know, like a release party of some exhibition or, and you're like, oh my God, I'm just the clown in the room. <laughs> oh. And uh, yeah, so sometimes it's okay, but sometimes I try to avoid this kind of situation. But it's true that I play a lot of, in museums too, um, mm. opening for, yeah, just small performance and stuff like that. Um, so it's really diverse. I mean, it depends. But I try now that w there's more and more theremin players around. I, I try to uh, to play in in a venue where I think my music would fit in. You know, kind of. I mean, if you play classical, you don't go. I mean, you have to pay attention to to your music and where you you perform it. I think. But I also sometimes like to perform in 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 venue where I would not be expected, and where like what? people would be like, "What the fuck is she doing?" <laughs> uh, what are some of your favorite places that you've you've played? Um, I think there's two uh, great places where I played recently. One was in Paris at La Gaîté Lyrique. It's uh, like a, a big um, center. 
it's a museum for numeric art uh, but i did a concert um for kids and it was um a collaboration with another guy making shadow you know with the hands and it was all about making tiny movement with your hands and you can produce music or create uh, an illustration and this was just amazing it was a great venue and to see all these kids also discovering the theremin it was uh, amazing and actually i just played my music like i didn't adapt for kids and and it worked really fine so i was really happy with this and the other venue I really like to perform is I, I flew uh, over to Chile um, in South America where there is another uh, theremin festival. And there, to, to fly over there, you know, you're in your plane for 12 hours and then you just meet people who know you and who know what you're doing. And it's just <laughs> totally amazing. <laughs> totally amazing. Wow. Chile, I did not expect that one. That's <laughs> yeah. really cool. Theremin is everywhere, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's fascinating. Right on. Now, have, um, have you put together any albums yet? I am really one small EP in 2009. I'm very um, bad with uh, releasing stuff. And now I'm um, working on my new project because I released something yeah, in 2009 and then for a few years, I have to admit, I stopped playing. I've been really concentrating on... on um, I was still very active into the theremin community, running website, organizing festival, organize, writing a book and blah, blah, blah. But I, somehow I stopped playing. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my theremin. And, um, oh, I forgot what was the question. I got lost into my... You're right on track. <laughs> No. Um, oh yeah, EP. Yes, <laughs> if I release an yeah. EP, yeah. And now, yes, um, yes. since I have this project with synthesizer, I've been uh, experimenting a lot, trying to uh, perform a few concerts and touring a bit the two last year. And now finally, this is a time for me to record what I've been doing and to compose some more. And I'm hoping to uh, release something within the next coming months. I'm not sure it's going to be still this year or beginning of next year, but but I finished some recording last week and I'm still composing yeah. a few tracks. So I'm going to have <laughs> something out soon and I'm really excited about because, yeah, I've been playing for a long time, but not really releasing anything. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing, you know, eventually, you know, either late this year or next year when you get that release out. That sounds really, I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, in the end, it <laughs> takes time. Sure, um, it was a slow much. process. <laughs> because tell me, tell me about tracking for Theremin. How's that been recording, you know, the album for Theremin? I, well, it's, it's, it's uh, pretty okay because I record everything on my own. I'm... Um, you know, a synthesizer doesn't require any specific uh, recording studio or microphone or gear. So it's just plug and record, really. But it can be demanding because um, my set now with with the um, synthesizer is 100% live, which means I play everything at the same time, the theremin and the synthesizer. So it's... Um, 
when I say I record, I have to be perfect. And so I sometimes need a few takes <laughs> to be perfect on so that everything is really good and I'm satisfied with it because I cannot really edit afterwards. You know, it just work mm-hmm. as one. So um, that's the thing. And it just uh, takes time to, okay, today I'm going to record <laughs> this track. But I do it on my own, so it's it's okay. And then I, I work with some people to do the mix and to do the mastering. And, you know, this is something I'm not good at. But record, I can do myself. Excellent. Now, with um, besides using Wavelicker Eurorack modules, are you using any other synthesizers with along with your theremin? Well, I'm using many or other Euracks uh, modules. Uh, most of them are from Mutables or Two HP. Well, I have many different brands I use, okay. and okay. Um, so my now my setup at the moment. Uh, is pretty small because I need to carry everything on my own and to take the plane or the train or maybe the car. But I mean, I need to be able to carry everything. So I have a really small case. So I have only a few models. I have a few uh, pedals effects, uh, but it's mo- mostly delay, reverb and nothing really fancy, maybe a looper or something like that. And uh, I have uh, a small uh, Volca sample um cool cool that, that and that's it i just yeah. basically that's my setup at the moment of course when i'm at home i have more synthesizer i can use and there are some song i compose with them but then it means for performing i, I cannot i cannot have it have them with me yeah yeah so you were telling me that before wave Licker, you were using bookla do uh what model bookla were you it was using? A, um, a music easel um, it's it's actually a clone that my uh, brother, uh, I have an older brother who is into electronics and, and into synthesizer and he actually introduced me into this thing and he had, he built a clone of a music easel and he was like, yeah, you should try with your gear and I was like, okay, I just, it looks nice, but it's too complicated. And like, hey, no, 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 just go and try. And yeah, I loved it. I mean, this sound of this bukla is just, uh, you get hooked. <laughs> so I yeah, tried I with bukla. the theremin and I use it for, um, for a year. Uh, but uh, as I said, it's, uh, the bukla is an incredible beast. Uh, it it it's, has his life, his own life. <laughs> And it's 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 very unstable, and the theorem is in is unstable. So when you're playing live and you have these two fucking instruments that are <laughs> like moving around, you're like, oh no no, please behave. Yeah, so so it was a bit too stressful <laughs> for me to use them live. Uh, I did a few gigs though, and it was okay. But uh, then I wanted to have something more uh, reliable for the live performance that's why i i switch into eurorack and also because it's then more a wider i mean you can be more creative it's of course there are more possibilities yes yes all right wow um so so now what i'm also curious about is what has impacted your writing uh, as t- over since 1999 going forward and then in 2009 picking it up again uh, how what's really what's uh, in your life what's really influenced the, your your music 
Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure I have a very precise answer. Um, when I first composed some song in 2009, I was really into um, toys. <laughs> I would take any little sound I like and try to add them. I, ha I was working with Cubase at the time and I was recording, sampling and then really arranging sounds together and then putting some theremin on top of it. <laughs> and uh, now that I work with synthesizer, my process is a bit different, but not that different because it's still the sound that leads me uh, and leads my composition. Usually I just play, fiddle around, and then suddenly there's this sound, you're like, oh my God, I need to do something with this. And then you you, you, you try to compose something around it and it's um it's usually the way that I works it's just jamming on my own and trying things and then suddenly you have this idea and it's gone it develops into something else and then it doesn't belong to you anymore but that's that's how I work so there's nothing really um I don't think too much <laughs> uh, I mean I don't write anything down I just plug, play, try, and if there is a sound that is haunting me, then okay, I record, do something, and then try to work around that to get a track out of it, but it always starts usually with, with a sound that just bam in my head, and I need to, ex <laughs> to use. <laughs> okay. I was curious about if, um, if, if you're right with me asking about um, if you're, if uh, pregnancy has impacted writing at all well or playing yes of course um yeah i'm should be giving birth actually it's it's great that we we managed to talk to each other because i'm already late yeah. <laughs> so it's like a little miracle but yeah of course it has um it has an impact being uh, pregnant uh, the the biggest maybe impact was um on stage because I'm not alone anymore. <laughs> we are two, <laughs> and um, I felt so much more confident uh, since uh, he's with me on stage. And I think I'm gonna keep that afterwards. Um, but that's really changed then my approach to um, to playing live because um, some people have been telling me, "Wow, you've improved so much live," and I was like, "Yeah, well, <laughs> it's because I just just go with the flow," and I feel. I could actually, uh, when I was touring in Chile with him, I could feel it um, moving and and always on the same tracks. So it gives you a totally weird connection to what you're doing with your music, with the audience, with your baby. It's just like, so you're totally into your music. It's really something really weird to, to feel. <laughs> And now, um, for the last week, uh, I've been recording my album and I've been recording being pregnant, of course, and composing being pregnant. And yeah, having something moving with you along with the music is really something special. So of course it has wow. an impact. And then, But I would say more, maybe more emotional impact. And um, also because I knew I had this time to record my album and you never know when you're gonna give birth you know uh, okay I'm late <laughs> but it could have been four weeks ago so it was kind of quick 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 wow. I have to do this I have to be good 
and I was like, yeah, just taking the energy um, from the little human I have inside my body. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm really glad um, I managed to do this album uh, with him inside me and compose actually a few songs for for him and taking sounds. Well, I used his heart heartbeats also and some some other things that we've been living through together. It's very a special thing to be pregnant. I would yeah, really weird. <laughs> so of course yes. then you make weird music. <laughs> it's a weird state. <laughs> That's wonderful that um, your baby has, you know, had this wonderful impression on you to, to uh, have more confidence playing live, and that is that you know the baby's interacting with the music you're playing. Yeah, that's that's, pretty, that's, really, that's really fascinating. I I didn't expect any of that. I was more a bit um, worried for him, you know, because touring and everything is not very. I get stressful, and it's really not really good for a baby. But actually, no, everything went uh, fine so i'm i'm really curious to see now uh if uh the music he's been because he's been hearing my track over and over again <laughs> so i'm curious to see if he's gonna be totally fed up or love it you know it's like <laughs> will he love the theremin sound or hate it that's the big question <laughs> i'm gonna soon find out if i can <laughs> um calm him down with some theremin sound because he's used to it or or he's just yeah. you know was he moving because he loved my music or he was like man stop playing it's awful <laughs> i think i think your baby might be grooving you know i think uh i think you know once your baby's here i think that he will very much enjoy your music we'll see exposed to it already we'll see yeah it's very true and and i'm curious to see that the music i had the feeling he loved when he was inside will be the same when he's outside well you know i'm experimenting <laughs> wow that's really cool like that's something that it's so special and, and very intimate for you. Yeah, it, it is and at first it was weird because i'm usually somebody who is more you know, I don't like to talk too much about myself or about, or about my private life. So when I found out I was pregnant, I was like really trying to avoid the subject so that nobody knew, hiding. And I can I, actually, I hide it for a very long time till my seventh month's pregnancy. Nobody would actually uh, notice um, anything. And now it has, it had such a big impact on me and on my music that I kind of needed to uh, go out with it like it's 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 not private anymore because because he yeah he influenced me uh, a lot wow. wow so if we did this interview like a year before it would have been a completely different interview. it would yeah. <laughs> it would have been a way bit different but i would still be playing the theremin and uh, <laughs> yes. but yeah yeah, of course. It's a very special time to make an interview also for me. <laughs> you know, like, because maybe in 10 minutes I'm going to tell you, oh, okay, I have to go to... <laughs> it might, I have to it go and give birth. Sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I totally understood. <laughs> that's amazing. And, um, wow. Now that's, that's, that's just that's a special thing. It's, it, that's, it's such a cool thing to hear you describe it. You know, with your that whole experience, that's something that's something I've never heard before, and I really, really appreciate you telling me. Thank you. 
know, with um, uh, yeah, hmm. you know, with the baby coming and, and and many projects you've got going on right now, uh, what are the upcoming projects that that you can talk about that you're working on? Um, yeah, well, we've been talking about a few already. Mm, I'm. I'm preparing my next festival, which will take place at the end of January, beginning of February next year. And uh, yes, I'm preparing this album also. Um, I've been, uh, well, I wrote a few years ago uh, with a guy, a French guy called Jimmy Verani, a little um, manual on, on how to play the theremin. And we need to kind of um, update it and then release it. Um, so that's also something we are working on. And I'm um, working on some other further developments on theremin and synthesizer. But this is, uh, yeah, I cannot say much more because it's, I don't know <laughs> what really will get out of it. But I'm also trying to to work um, and to think as a theremin, as a controller of maybe something else than, um, than music, but like something maybe more visuals, video controlling or mm. light controlling, while playing the theremin, but I'm not sure it will be good in the end. So it's, at the moment, it's really like I have, um, I'll be, I think, off stage for a few months, basically, well, obviously because of my child, but, but also because it's a time of uh, thinking and working on projects, on festival, books, albums, and then <laughs> it's going to be uh, more a release um, next year. We'll see what goes out of it, but yeah, it's going to be a working, quiet, working at home time. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So I lost my train of thought. I thought I had a, qu I had a question a minute ago, and then I got into your conversation. So on the um, oh, you know that's right. You were you mentioned possibly the idea of controlling video with theremin. Would that be something similar to modular video, or is there or is it a different concept entirely? What do you mean with? Uh, do, do you know what mod? You, are you familiar with uh, modular video? What that what that is? It's basically taking like any you know take like your rack synthesizer parts, and instead of making music, you're actually doing a projection that that creates you know different uh, shapes and colors. Yeah, I've seen that there's a few modules that makes that convert CV and yes. Um, yes. Uh, but for me, the the result was never really um, satisfying yet. Or I mean, I've tried a few of this, or I've seen a few, but um, so I'm I'm not really sure artistically. Uh, but I what is important to me when I perform live um, is that the audience understand not everything what is happening, but a bit um depending on the sound i mean they have to understand the correlation between my movements and what they hear the sound not all of it okay but some of it and i want the same for the the, the video and uh, sometimes i think it's um 
you see things moving and big, getting bigger, bigger if it's louder or stuff like that. But sometimes it's not, I mean, for me, it's not really interesting enough on a long period of time. So um, we are trying to think of things that are maybe more, uh, not really creating image, but making moving images. Uh, like, for instance, um, if I make a the pitch go high well then there's maybe somebody on the video start running you know as the pitch goes high and little stuff like that who could be maybe a bit more fun and visual but we'll see if artistically it it, it makes sense and it's not just a little groovy effect on, on the background you know like sometimes yeah, videos yeah. are so that's why i'm saying this is a project i'm working on i think the idea is interesting but I'm not 100% sure the result is interesting enough yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Still so work in progress. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We've been trying a few things so far. They're fun, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, I, is there any other... Um, I've pretty much run through my course of questions. Is there any other uh, topics uh, we haven't touched on you would like to discuss? Hmm. Mm. Not really. I think we've been through the main thing. The The only thing I can say is m maybe... Um, I, I don't know how it impacts my music, but uh, being a woman, making music with synthesizer... Um, has something sometimes weird, you know, because you always have this feeling that, ooh, you're a woman, you should not touch synthesizer, or you should not understand them. It, it's getting better, though, this woman thing. <laughs> well, that's actually a very good subject. I'm glad you brought it up, because that's something that I've been striving for with this podcast, which I've only done maybe 12 episodes now. Or recording so far is that I've only you're only the you're the second woman I've had so far to to interview and I'm looking for more women to interview. You know I've gotten you know some no's here and there, um, just because I'm an unknown person, so nobody knows who I am. But and again, thank you for for doing this. But it's it's hard for me to find women uh, in general who are playing synthesizers. I, I know they're out there, but it's harder to find them because there's more because again. There's probably more men out there playing than women, or maybe I'm just not seeing it. No, I so think that's definitely it's 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 getting better. It's growing, I think, but it's uh it, there's definitely something. Uh, I can feel it now that I go to these things conventions, that you'll be like, ooh, there's a girl, and I know I get more uh, likes if I put some red nail polish on and stuff like that. You know, some silly, uh, but it's it's. So you never know if it's um people are interested into your music because of your music or because you're a woman who plays a theremin and synthesizer, so it makes it even more interesting, which is maybe a good thing, but it's it's sometimes really weird and disturbing. So it's um in between the the line and and um it's an advantage and disadvantage, you know, usually people explain you how it works and you're like oh yeah okay i know <laughs> i'm a girl but i know <laughs> i don't know everything sure, but sure. sometimes it's really a bit uh, patronizing and, and um, yeah 
so uh, there's something um specific about being a woman playing synthesizer and it's still a bit uh new but it's so sad in a way but um but it's getting better which is really uh great but even for myself you know sometimes i buy a module and it's not working and i'm like oh god i'm such a girl <laughs> and uh, no <laughs> i'm just a user the module has a problem right, right that's it but there's i mean we all have this thing that it's uh, we want well, more women and i think um for me it's also important to show that it's uh, possible and we have to make more videos and more music to show that no girls can do it too and very well it's not a male thing to do to play synthesizer and turn knobs <laughs> we can do it too <laughs> yeah. and i think the more uh the better but at the moment it's still something special and sometimes it's an advantage and sometimes it's like oh god <laughs> i want to dig <laughs> it's, a, it's a very interesting perspective because i there's in in oregon here in the united states and i think in portland oregon there's you know probably that's probably the largest community of synthesizer uh manufacturers and players within the united states and there's actually a group of women that get together that all play synthesizers out there. I've I've personally never been out there to experience it, but I've heard of it and I know that it exists that there's actually a group of women that get together and to support each other, which I think is fantastic. And I think they open it up for the audience members to, you know, for men to be audience members, but primarily the the it's, you know, for women players, which I think is fascinating. Are you, and are you seeing any are you seeing on your in your area, your community that development yeah it's uh, i i saw it too but it, on a on a smaller range uh, of course and it's true that um i try to be also be very very supportive with other girls that are trying synthesizer because i know it can be hard when you have a question to go to a guy and ask because of course he will answer but will he answer because he loves you he wants to fuck you or what? you never know there's always this kind of thing behind you, you really so it's really um for me important to um to be there also i have a few now girls that i know who play the theremin and are into synthesizer in switzerland and yeah we really try to to promote each other and uh stay strong <laughs> together and show that it's um that it's possible but in a way it's a, it's a pity we feel we have to do this um you know so i'm always i'm i'm complaining and i'm not complaining i'm just saying that it's, it's something you have to work on and and work with it's it's yeah. it's there and some yeah sometimes it's advantage and sometimes it's really a pain because yeah but yeah, the good thing is if it's 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 moving, it's changing, and also yeah. I think also for uh, guys, um, it won't be so much more of uh, uh, something fun to see. If, I mean, if there are more women playing synthesizer, then it will become normal. It will become just the way it is, yeah. you know, like play any other instrument. So it won't be, yeah something special anymore yeah well it still is and i and you know we all try to i think a lot of us are trying to strive to make those 
make that push to make it a, a bit more mainstream for women oh to yes be there are a lot of this is important to say too yeah thank you for pointing it because i'm sometimes complaining about guys being rude or saying weird things to me but most of the guys are absolutely charming and loving and happy to see women and willing to help and then so yeah so it's Good. it's but it can be weird <laughs> when you are i yeah, i've sure. been to france into a synthesizer meeting and it was so weird um mm. because of of this um because i was the almost the only girl in the room and you're like oh it's but most of the guys are totally cool with it and willing like you to push it forwards and so which is good which is good excellent yeah, so personally on, on, on my end, like I'm trying to, I'm always trying to get my girlfriend to play because I've been playing for a few years now. Well, I played a long time ago and then took a long break and then got back into it. But since I got back into it, I've, I, I've been trying to get my girlfriend to play with me because I think she would really enjoy it. Because to me, it's, there's something that you really can't describe about playing a synthesizer and creating the music you can, you, that brings such pleasure and, and to have, and you can't really exp you know, describe it until someone actually, you know, plays for themselves. And I would, you know, I've, I've tried to get my girlfriend into it. She's not really into playing, but she'll listen to my stuff. And so, you know, I, I took it upon myself last month to actually write a, write a song that was something that she would like, which is more EDM, which is, you know, a bit more upbeat than I play, than I'd like to write. But I wrote something for her style because I knew she would enjoy it. And said, you know, and she's not playing, but that's okay. But in contrast, uh, one of my good friends, Rich Hogben, he, he and I, we're, we, you know, we started this, this show together, and his wife, he told me he was trying to do the same thing with her, was trying to get her to be interested in playing the synthesizer. So he bought her an OPZ, and he's, he described it. He said he gave it to her, and for like an hour, she sat and played with it uh, like at the foot of the bed for like an hour, and then... And then turned and then like looked up at him and said, "I think I got something good." <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I have this feeling so. it's about the same that with video games. A few years ago, no girls were playing video games, or it was very seldom. And now it's like, come on, everybody is playing video games. And I have the feeling yeah. it's a bit the same with synthesizer. And you're right. I think guys can really help us too because. Because I myself experienced the same. If it wasn't for my brother telling me, hey, try it, you can do it, I would never have tried because there is this social thing that tells me, no, it's too uh, complicated for a girl or it's too, um, I mean, it's too technical, maybe not complicated, but too technical, you know, it's not what girls do. And there's, uh, it's, it's like totally unaware. Like I haven't been raised, you know, my parents or anything with this, but it's, it's, it's in the, within the society. I think there's something very uh, unconscious about it. So it's true that I, yeah. I also needed uh, a guy to point me that, Hey, no, it's easy and it's fun. Go ahead. And, um, yeah. yeah. And after that, well, then nobody can make me stop. <laughs> so yeah, it's good. I think <laughs> every guy is into synthesizer should do this. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> well, Coralie, thank you so much. Um, I think we've, we've done, uh, we've done almost an hour oh, yeah. today. Yeah, I, think, I think we did pretty, think we did pretty good today. <laughs> thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you.